Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today turns focus back to fixed income, those specifically preferred securities, as my guest will walk you through his recent publication, which explains how investors in the space should think about positioning against a variety of market and economic scenarios. Uh, joining us here for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Frank Saleo, Senior Fixed Income Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Frank, great to be with you as always. Thank you for dropping by and let me pass it over to you, Frank, to provide some highlights of your recent piece. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Earlier this year, we moved to a more favorable outlook for the preferred securities market. We moved from neutral to a most preferred view and our more favorable outlook is primarily based on two factors, a better rate backdrop and improved valuation, particularly if we look at valuation compared with uh, today, compared with six or 12 months ago. So let me just briefly walk through those two factors. First, on the rate side, clearly has seen a historic surge in Treasury rates, but most of that move has been attributable to a rapid shift in inflation and a rapid shift in Fed policy uh, in reaction to, to, that, to those inflationary pressures. But now that this shift has taken place, uh, we believe that the majority of the move to higher rates is behind us. Uh, we're more likely to see, actually, uh, interest rates, treasury rates trend sideways in the months ahead. So, um, you know, from time to time, they may, they may move higher, but the overall trend would be more of a sideways trend from here. So relative to what we've experienced, certainly in the first quarter uh, or for most of the first half of the year, we're seeing a better rate backdrop from here. The second factor on the valuation side, preferreds currently yield about 6%, uh, maybe a little north of that today, actually. And looking at trends over the past 10 years, we see that these yields of, of roughly 6% or so are currently at the upper end of that historical range. Now, of course, treasury rates have been quite low over the past 10 years. So to get a sense of where preferreds may trade in an environment of consistently higher treasury, late, treasury rates, we looked at uh, the 2002-2012 period, so sort of the prior 10-year period. And we see that back then, preferreds yielded 6.7% on average and 6.3% if we exclude the financial crisis period of 2008-2009. When, uh, when preferred yields actually got quite high uh, for a few months. And uh, for context, the 10-year Treasury had an average yield of 3.8% in that 2002 to 2012 period. So relative to that history of somewhat higher rates with the 10-year Treasury yield uh, averaging 3.8%, uh, current yields of around 6 or, or just north of that are Overall, pricing in a, a pretty good uh, a deal of volatility. Again, if we look at uh, average historical yields, as I said, you know, 6.3% ex-financial crisis, 67 in 2002, 2012, otherwise. And again, from a historical context, current yield pricing in a good deal of volatility. So that's the rationale for the more favorable outlook, the combination of a better rate backdrop and improved valuations, again, particularly uh, when we compare current valuations with those from 6 to 12 months ago. Now, in terms of positioning, you think it's best if investors diversify with a variety of coupon structures and a variety of call dates and with different par values. So in this way, 
preferred investors can really be better prepared to face a variety of market and economic scenarios. Clearly, what we've seen over the past several weeks and months is investors are being whipsawed by rapidly changing market narratives this year. We've seen views change very quickly with respect to economic growth, uh, recession risks, inflation, and Fed policy. Uh, Just recently, obviously, the latest CPI reading and University of Michigan survey had uh, an impact on Fed policymakers and shifted the narrative once again. So overall, there's clearly an unusually high degree of uncertainty in the outlook. So with that in mind, we did recently publish a special report. Dan mentioned it at the top, a special uh, report entitled Preferred Securities Investors Prepare for Landing. So as these narratives shift, these market narratives shift, what, we, what we're laying out in this report is, that, uh, is the idea that it would be better for investors to prepare for a variety of economic and market scenarios, a variety of shifting market narratives, rather than try and position for one specific outcome. The fact of the matter is, you know, the, the, the risks of a recession are increasing. We've seen that recently. And the path to, a, to an economic soft landing is is narrow. So again, the best strategy is to take a holistic approach to preferred sector investing, and that means diversifying with a variety of preferreds. So specifically, we could divide the preferred market into two subsectors based on their par value. You have $25 par preferreds and you have $1,000 par preferreds. The $25 par preferreds are usually exchange listed. They're usually the type of preferreds that are owned by uh, preferred focused ETFs. And they tend to have fixed rate coupons. On the other hand, $1,000 par preferreds tend to trade over the counter, just like a municipal bond or a corporate bond would. They're generally less influenced by preferred ETF flows, and they tend to have variable rate coupons. In fact, most $1,000, the vast majority, predominantly almost all of the $1,000 par preferreds have variable rate coupons. And so the best strategy is to look to invest in both of these par par markets uh, par value markets and to invest in both and and position strategically. So when it comes to thousand dollar par available variable rate preferreds, you're going to want to ladder your call dates to better prepare for a variety of scenarios. So for example, if we're assuming that the Fed front end loads all its rate hikes this year and then pauses or or even maybe takes a few rate hikes back by the end of next year, then we can assume that short-end rates, short-end interest rates are still uh, likely to be higher than they are today. And in that scenario, you'd want to focus on uh, variable rate preferreds with call dates in 2023 and 2024. Uh, This way, if they're not called, you wind up with a variable rate preferred at that point. Once it passes its call date, the preferred goes uh, goes into paying a variable rate. So the 2023-2024 uh, 24 call dates make sense in that scenario. On the other hand, uh, to better prepare for a more recessionary scenario, one in which the Fed is aggressively beginning to ease and cut rates uh, at some point, uh, maybe late next year or 2024 or beyond, then you want to extend uh, your call dates. You want to take the zip line approach, what I call the zip line approach to variable rate investing, and you want to zip line over that Fed easing cycle with call dates in 2025, 26, or beyond. And in this way, you're more likely to have a variable rate at the start of the next hiking cycle. 
So those are the two strategies with respect to the $1,000 par, the variable rate preferreds. And when it comes to $25 par fixed rate preferreds, you want to take a coupon barbell approach. That means pairing high coupon preferreds on one end of the barbell with medium uh, coupons on the other end. So for high coupons, we're talking about those that pay a coupon of about 6% or maybe close to it. These are preferreds that tend to be more defensive. They're more likely to trade around their par value of $25. Um, and you can pair those high coupon preferreds on one end of the barbell with medium level coupons, somewhere closer to 5%, maybe four and three quarters, but not much below that. And those have more price appreciation potential as the market begins to stabilize. Uh, so overall, Dan, the key for preferred investors is just to diversify with a variety of coupon structures, diversify with a variety of call dates, so investors can do well under a variety of scenarios. And overall, there are better entry points today uh, than than they than they were say six or twelve months ago. Uh, better positions, better entry points in the current market and uh, market environment. So I'll turn it back over to you now, Dan. Well, Frank Saleo, thank you again for dropping by top of the morning for the insights and guidance. Again, I will point our listeners, our clients, to Frank's publication, which he has been referencing on today's segment. Again, that being preferred securities investors prepare for landing. The piece can now be located up on. UBS.com forward slash CIO. Of course, we do encourage our clients of UBS listening in. I do have a follow-up conversation with your UBS financial advisor. If you do have any follow-up questions or are interested in learning more based on what you've heard from Frank Saleo, though, Frank, thank you again for your insights. Appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.